the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. Pull up your socks. Roll up your sleeves. Four days to four more years. I'm appropriating that, at least for the rest of this hour, from Dr. Ward in the row you're in the last hour. 602-508-0960. Open lines. Your show all the way through the rest of the hour, the last hour before Tuesday's election. We'll be with you Monday, don't worry, and we'll be with you Tuesday, don't worry, but this is the last of it going into the weekend. I want to know how you're feeling and what you're seeing and what you're thinking. Let's go first to Glenn in Chandler. Hello, Glenn. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I wanted to thank you and the station for Larry Elder event last night. That was that was amazing. I had seen the film this summer uh, through the, the Salem uh, website. But to see Larry Elder there, to have him talk about the film and have him talk about the politics and give give us his thoughts, it was it was quite an evening, and I want to say thank you. Well, Glenn, first of all, let me say thank you first for coming and for your kind words. I don't know if you feel the way I do. I saw the movie probably now four times, and I got to tell you, for those pe- that those that haven't seen it yet, you tell me what your perception was. I think it's really one of the most beautiful documentaries I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's talking about certain partisan things, but the testimonials and the statements and, for lack of a better word, and maybe it's the best word, sincerity, the just heartfelt, soul-felt sincerity that comes through. We're talking about Uncle Tom, Larry Elder's movie. It's just one of the most beautiful films, I have to say, I've seen in a long time. I don't know what your reaction to it was. Uh, mine was the same. I saw it in August yeah. uh, there at my house, and then to be in a crowd and to clap and cheer spontaneously when other people are clapping and cheering, it was it was really reassuring to know that this is a great country. And we've gone through some hard times, and some of the things the people they talked about and their life experiences and how their life has changed when they suddenly realized, hey, you know what, I can do this. I don't have to be downtrodden. Yeah. And it gives the history of, of the Democrats and the Republicans through the Civil War up to current times. But it shows how some people are deceivious and they don't really show who they really are. And then it shows others, too, that they're, they're humble and they're contrite and they want to do good to each other and for each other. It was, exactly. it was a very well good done. It was well, very well done. Film. It really is. And thank you. And I will tell you, if you want... I mean, there are so many examples. Let me count the ways. But if you want just but one example of how the education system, the elementary and secondary education system has, right? If you want one example of how they have changed our history and distorted our history, it's this. This notion that the Republican Party was not the party as if it was not the party. For over a hundred years, if you were an African-American or black person in America, that you would go to to find your political rights and that it was the Democratic Party is just a lie. 
It's just an absolute inversion of the truth. And that after a few fits and starts and squabbles, it's more than eminently clear that it is that party today. Well, I like the the, the stories that each of the, the people that they interviewed talk about how they were they were raised in democratic um, families or yep. democratic philosophy, yep. and they suddenly realized, hey, wait a minute, the, the things that I hold true to myself, that's not what the Democrats believe. Right. It's not a platform. Right. I mean, one gentleman, he said he was reading the Republican platform, and he's like, oh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm actually a Republican. Exactly. Exactly. Well, anyway, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Thanks for coming, and thanks for your shout-out to the staff here. They do a great job. They did a great job. If anyone else went and wants to talk about it, I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, and God bless Larry Elder. I'll tell you, man, um, there's a few people that have been uh, – in the trenches for a long time, a long time, and have really hit just a great stride becoming, you know, men and women of, of the moment just when you needed them most. And Larry Elder's certainly one of those. He's one of my favorite people. And boy, I think of Larry, I just think of a statement an old friend of mine once said, which is there's there's just no substitute for brains. There's no substitute for brains. So not to dissuade anyone else, but um, you don't have to be named Glenn to call into this show. That was Glenn from Chandler, but it's not going to hurt. So now we will go to Glenn in Scottsdale. Hi, Glenn. Uh, hey, Seth. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> oh, good. Actually, when the other Glenn came on, I thought it was me, and I jumped the gun. Until you started I heard talking? You started talking to yourself? Okay. Yeah, I did. And then it was all from Chandler. I'm all, oh, he took my name down wrong. And then I realized I wasn't talking to you. But uh, So, hey, I just want to say you're my mental supplement in the afternoon. So oh, really? Just, Thank uh, you. I, I love your show a lot. And um, two things I want to talk to you. One is barbecue. Yes. We'll talk about that in a moment. And okay. then I want to talk about the um, the rallies. I've went to a few meetups, like, you know, dinners, Friday night after work kind of thing. Yes. And I've also been to one mini rally and then my little kind of circle of people I've talked to. And I also work at Target on the weekends, so I talk uh -huh. to some young kids. Yeah. And, um, there, you know, people at the rallies I've been to, or at least the dinners, they're all Trump people. Uh -huh. But there's something else going on here, or at least I hope so, after the election, if Trump gets elected, which I think will happen. Yeah. I think there's a rebirth of people just loving this country. But it's not just that. I think people are looking back at our country like, I talk to some people and go, you know, I read the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. And I got a kid. I said, you should go read the Federalist Papers. Give it a shot. Mm -hmm. I'll even buy you a copy, I told him. Mm -hmm. And he said he went online and he read a few. Mm -hmm. I talked to him last night. He actually works at, um, at one of the gyms, I, uh, the gym I go to. Mm -hmm. So I think people, I think there's an interest now because our country is really threatened. And I think people um, love our country, but I think they're starting to look back at it again let me Take tell you i, I think you're right and i haven't really put it in those words but i think you're right and one of the reasons i think you're right is i have noticed over the past several years now more and more people quoting to me those sources or quoting those sources either to me or in their own conversations and writings and that i just don't remember seeing that much of i just don't remember um that much interest in things like as you mentioned the federalist papers um 
and and that's come back in a big way based on I think a few things. You tell me why you think it has, Glenn. But I I think it's come back because first of all the left. First of all the left in suppressing and changing well, let me say it first this way. In suppressing patriotism, I think it has forced people to go back and study what it is that's being suppressed because they have what Lincoln calls uh, a mystic cord of memory. Wait, my memory is this wasn't a bad thing. Uh, I need to go back and read it. So I think that's going on. Um, I think when the left, particularly last year and then again this year, started changing our founding date, not from 17, not to be at 1776, but to some, 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 some previous, uh, some previous year, uh, 1619, that people were wondering, wait, what was so bad about 1776? Why are we going from a founding we studied as one of equality and liberty to a founding that celebrates um, and promotes slavery? And I think that's going on. And then I have to tell you, socialism. Socialism in America, which has never to me been so unembarrassed, so unembarrassed, to speak for itself, um, not only as a movement and an ideology, but within a major American political party, which has forced people to go back and not only understand a little bit of world history and and and, and but 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 why American uh, my, why American history has been one steady strain of repudiating that noxious doctrine. I think those things have been going on, and when. The left went after American institutions, as it did mostly this year, particularly in the riots and Donald and and in the statue uh, in the statue uh, 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 destructions. Um, and Donald Trump started talking about the importance of these statues, and he gave his July Fourth speech at Mount Rushmore. I think I think there's nothing like a bully pulpit when used rightly to encourage people to reach for the best of America. I said a lot there. I have to take a break. I'm going to ask if you don't mind holding because I would love your response. And, yeah, I want to hear also your second point, too. Um, yeah, I'll you can, hold. You can hold. Thank you, yep. sir. The, the issues are important. I appreciate it. 602-508-0960. There's room for more, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Glenn in Scottsdale, I uh, gave you a mouthful, buddy, and uh, I didn't know if you agreed, disagreed, or wanted to add to any of what we were talking about with the uh, what you might call resurgent uh, patriotism. I, I agree with you a lot on that. Uh, everything about the left, from everything they've done, just push people in all different quarters of their life. You get canceled on Twitter. You can lose your job if you just have a different opinion. Yeah, and um, you can't really have a dialogue, you know. If you oppose, like two hundred eight for, you know, Prop two hundred eight for uh, suppose it's school funding, then you're anti-education, for example. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of examples like that. But one thing I think that brought this to kind of to upfront was is I think the coronavirus in one way. I kind of think it showed our institutions and for all the rot that's there both in 
K through 12 in the university. Because now people, like uh, Victor Davis Hanson pointed this out, now you can kind of watch what your kids are learning in school. I think you're right. And, I should have mentioned that, see. but I do think you're right. I think a lot of parents have been agog, astounded at what they found out was going on with their cur- kids' curriculum. You know, and that, and then I, I know people here in my office, I work for a home builder and their mm-hmm. mortgage unit, mm-hmm. and I remember when the football season started yep. and the whole knee- kneeling, yep. some of them were like, I'm not watching football. Right. And and these people are not political at all. Right, right, right. And, and there's certain things that just hit certain people's hot spot, yeah. and the left is everywhere kind of trying to hit that hot spot. And I just think people are tired of being lectured to. I think so, and, too. So that Because patriotism, we have been told for years, should not be politicized. And it was, over the issue of love of America. The left made it a question mark. The left made it more shameful, more shameful to stand for the national anthem than to kneel for it. And you know, the left may control a lot of institutions, but they're not 330 mil- 331 million strong. They're just not. Well, another thing, too, is just because I love my country does not mean I'm not concerned about problems of occasional racism here. I don't believe in the systemic racism part or, you know, serious issues of homelessness or not. I, I do care about those issues, but I do love my country. I mean, my dad came from a communist country. I'm sensitive to totalitarian movements. And so... You, you um, can't really you can't really care about racism in my view if you don't love this country because this is the country more than any other in the history of the world that has shown its capacity to eradicate badges and emblems and um, institutions of racism unlike any other, though every other society has had it. There is no country in the world that has shown more capacity for self-renewal than this country, which is why I have never understood how, if you care about racism, you can hate this country. I, I think it is a leftist ethic. I think it was explained by a professor at Boston University named Ibram Kendi, who said you cannot be a capitalist and anti-racist. I think he was in that statement saying that this is a Marxist movement. I think it is a Marxist movement. And I think it has the um, potential, if not arrested, if not um, arrested and pushed back, I think it has the potential to make this country one of the ugliest things that uh, we could imagine. I, I agree. Another thing, too, just real quick about Martin Luther King and the whole civil rights movement. Yes, sir. That made a lot of people a lot better people at the end of that whole And what you know, did movement. he cite to in pushing that movement? Again oh. and again, it was our country's founding. Again and again. Oh, yeah, most, over and over. Over yeah. and over again. And, and what did he call our Constitution? He called it glorious, and he called it magnificent. And he had nowhere to get the Civil Rights Act from and civil rights from without as Frederick Douglass did the century before, pointing back to that old Declaration of Independence and Constitution. This is what is so forgotten. The rights that we've all secured have been rights we have secured based on our country's founding. And the definition of loving your country's founding is in the word patriotism. This is why it is so ironic. 
Well, I, I don't want to canalize anyone else's time, but I do have a, a on my other issue on barbecue. Yes, yes I'm, uh, I'm glad it's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a, it's an important one. I had okay. a friend that did a cross-country trip back in June. Yes, he stayed out here for four days, but you know everything was closed. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, coming back out here in two weeks, and um, he wants to go someplace for barbecue. Oh. I live in North Scottsdale. I'm off of Shea and the okay. 101 okay. just for that. Um, I have a few recommendations people have told me, but I wanted to get your take because I know you're oh, Well, I don't guy. know that part of the world um, as well as I should, uh, quite frankly. So you've gotten the right audience. We'll just crowdsource this question, Glenn. We'll just have people call in or well, write it's a in. What's place you like? And we'll get it to you. My favorite place, I have to tell you, my favorite place uh, was here and closed. And so I'm kind of on the search that you're on, um, although it sounds like you have some recommendations. And I'm, I heard of Jalapeno Bucks and Gilbert. Jalapeno Bucks, okay. They're a Arizona barbecue. They don't do Memphis or KC or okay. whatever the okay. Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one place here is Tom Thumb's Barbecue. Oh, I've been there. That is great. The car wash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the car wash. It really is. Shop. It's great. It's a car wash barbecue joint, and it is great. Yes, you're right. And and so I, I forgot the, about that. That is in that neck of the woods. That, and then um, I think you heard you talk about pork in the fork. Well, that that's close. Is that the one? That, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. And then I, I used to know some places on the west side, but I, don't, I haven't lived there in years, so that's my only three. Well, you've got Another the right th- audience for this, I think, because we care about our culture here, and barbecue is a big part of our culture. Food is, obviously. I once went on a tour in some other country, and the tour guide said, um, to understand culture, you have to understand food, so we will be eating along the way, and I knew I had the right tour guide at that point. Um, Perfect. Yeah, food is a big part of culture, so we'll crowdsource it. I'm sure I'll get emails. We'll sure, we'll sure take some calls, and we'll do shout-outs. But I Perfect. think that Tom Thumbs is a pretty good place. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. And well, love Glenn, your thanks show. for your kind comments, really. Um, and I love that you said the issue of barbecue. It's an issue. I like that. Oh, and just a quick thing. I've played yes. some phone calls I've had with you in the past with my mom. Yeah. And she always goes, you know, you did pretty good, but you should learn to sound like Seth. What? So I just want to share that with you. I don't know so what I'm, that means. I, I, I didn't know what that mean, meant either. But you know, I, I will tell you, I don't, I don't really think I have the best voice in the world by a long, long shot. I, I you know, it's a but miracle whatever. I'm 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 allowed on the air. I just don't think it, my voice is that good. You know, so it's I would mom and it's mom and I gotta love her. So you know, uh, yes, do do? respect your mom, but it doesn't mean you have to do everything she says. All right, take care. You're, Have a great you're weekend. You're doing just fine, Glenn. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Have a great weekend. What a fun call. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Your show here on out, 602 Six zero. I told you we had a smart audience and we could crowdsource Glenn's question. I'm already getting emails and calls on it. A barbecue recommendation coming in from Charles that says Dylan's on 59th Avenue above the 101 freeway in Arrowhead Lakes will not steer you wrong. But let's go to Sharon in Phoenix. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm good. Just two things real quick. I was a Caucasian suburban mom down in South Orange County 
back in like 1998, I listened every day to Larry Elder on the radio when he was on the radio over in L.A., and I've been following him ever since, and I'm so glad to see that through the years he's getting more and more TV time. Yeah, you, you, you're you making – right. This is what I was talking about. He's been in the in, – as I say, in the trenches um, for, a lo- for a long time, and, and it's just wonderful – to see him reach such peaks of um, what? How, how shall we say it? Peaks of prevalence and influence as he has over the last several years, isn't it? He's just a great, well, great, great person. He is so incredibly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, too, and then uh, so, so I just I love my Larry Elder story. I mean, I just feel like I've never met him in person. I unfortunately couldn't go to the event at the Arizona Center, but I will make it to some place where he. Yeah, we'll have him back to... again. He's a huge, um, huge draw, for, uh, obviously, and, and and big part of our our faculty here. Uh, and it's yeah. a delight, delight, delight to share a, a network with him. I, I just, I think you're right. I, you know, he is. He is an important man at an important moment, and you're right. Uh, there's no substitute for the brains that he brings to the discussion and the debate. I have the view, I, I have the experience with Dennis Prager that you have with Larry Elder, for I lived even earlier than you did uh, in those years in Southern California, and I remember listening to Dennis when he had a weekend show called Religion on the Line. Do you know and, I- that was like just I a local show there. I believe it might have been a Sunday night show. Yeah, I know Hugh Hewitt, I think, has some Southern California and Ohio ties like I do, but I kind of I'm just not that into Hugh Hewitt. But uh, lastly, I got to I finally made myself attend the Trump rally uh, uh-huh. that was in Goodyear. Uh-huh. And I thought if this man can get up every day at the crack of dawn and go, yeah. go, go, yeah. I can go drive across town, stand in line, you know, stand you know, in the rally and everything, and uh, it was just a blast. I was probably six rows back, not in the bleachers, but as he walked by when he was exiting, as he smiles out at you, it is so genuine and so, he, first off, he radiates. Uh, he just glows with his smile, but yeah. you can tell it is just love and genuine. So, Well, just, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I love, uh, you, you're doing a great, you're giving us a great description of it, but isn't it true what I've been saying about these rallies? They are love stories, not about him, but about the country. Yeah. They're love stories about America, aren't they? They are. And you know what? This was really, as far as like age goes, mm-hmm. there was every age. Yeah. I was actually surprised at the number of young people. I was next to two guys that went to ASU, unless they were trying to punk me, <laughs> and they were just there undercover, you know, and and saying they were there for the president when really they were just, you know, trying to. Do I, I don't think they study. would be. I, you know, I think yeah. a college student who doesn't like Trump would um, rather cry in a dark room or corner <laughs> with a teddy bear than be in his presence. That would be my guess. <laughs> Melt or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that. yeah but uh, yeah. Yeah, a big range of uh, ages and a lot of young, a lot of single women. Uh, as best I can tell, and then God bless them, a couple of pregnant moms with one kid in in a stroller, you know, yeah. and it's like this is not easy to to do with all of that and everything. And then I think close enough to Sun City, some some seniors and everything, men, lots of men and everything. Did, did he so. did he do did he pump his arms to 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 the village people? You know, I couldn't. I got more of it by my phone holding up in the right oh, yeah, 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 position. Sure, sure. You know, well, he had a couple of, he had like three young guys go up and do it. I saw the video of that. I saw that. 
That was fun. I think my hand made it into national TV, but that was it. (laughs) Oh, God, love you. Sharon, thanks for calling. Sure thing. Thanks for having Larry Elder. (laughs) Of course. We'll be right back. There's a lot going on on Carefree Highway tonight, isn't there? Carefree in the Cave Creek Road, Carefree Highway and um, the I-17. Fantastic. Folks, uh, welcome back. Uh, If anyone in the audience here is in the midst of selling their home and it's not going well or knows about that with someone else or is planning or thinking on selling their home, call my friend James Wexler at JMG Real Estate. He is the number one selling individual real estate agent in Arizona, ranked by the Phoenix Business Journal, and he is a good friend, and I have a lot of friends that have used him and think as highly of him as I do. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference. James Wexler can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer on your home within 24 hours of you reaching out to him. Check him out at 480-386-0711 or online at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W-E-X. L-E-R dot com. Craig is in Phoenix. Hello, Craig. I'm here to talk about ballots and barbecue. Ballots and barbecue. I like it. Okay. I dropped off my uh, ballot today at one of the voting centers. Um, Did you notice that they changed it to, like, the SAT fill-in-the-bubble thing um, (laughs) where you used to draw the straight line? And now it takes me two to three times longer to fill out my ballot. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You'd think that this would have been, you know, uniformed a long time ago and easy. I know. They, I mean, they did it for the primary. This is the first time, the primary and, the, and now the general. But before that, it used to be just connect the line from left to right. And that was your thing. And it took, you know, I just used a straight edge, did it left to right, and boom, and then move on to the next one. Right. Now I'm still in these little circles and getting flashbacks, of filling, uh, you know, doing my SATs in my senior year of high school. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Did you do high school here? Yeah. Where did you go? I did. I went to Saguaro High School. Oh, sure, of course, sure. My home. yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, as far as barbecue, yeah. Um, Little Miss Barbecue in Sunny Slope. That's the second They're... vote today. I was just going to read. We had an Artie uh, uh, or Art uh, called in, couldn't stay, but wanted to recommend it as well. Go ahead. Right now, Little Miss Barbecue by the airport is was the the place to go, but. It used to be a two-hour wait. Yep. You know, you show up at 11 in the morning. And, the, and, and now when it's they just a one-hour wait. No, Sunny Slope, you get in pretty quick, about Do 10 you? minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And then Bobby Q. There's three in town. Uh, my favorite's the one off of the 17 just uh, south of Dunlap. You, do you know that's? Do you realize that's the old Bobby McGee's? Bobby McGee's, yeah. I used yeah. to go to Bobby McGee's yeah. my uh, when I went to Arizona State. So yeah, one over of course. On the and yeah. yep. who, did, who didn't? Yeah, and they had the best happy hour. They used to give you, like, uh, steak sandwiches for free for happy hour to buy a dollar beer from them. (laughs) We should do a show, maybe not the rest of the day, but one day we should do a show of institutions that we used to love here that are gone, you know, dining and... Right, Devil House, too, 25-cent hamburgers. Oh, I hear about that one all the time. I hear about that one all the time. What's the one? I keep blanking on the name. That was at the Biltmore. That was kind of a Chicago-themed kind of steakhouse. 
Oh, yeah, uh, Oscar Taylor's. That's it. That's the oh. one, Oscar Yeah, Taylor. the best onion rings in town. They had an yep. onion ring brick there. That yeah, yeah. What, what, <laughs> you got to tell me what you do, Craig. <laughs> you're, you're my kind of guy. Uh, well, I don't I don't work anymore. I just okay. manage some of our properties that we own. Fair I enough. used to be an engineer. Fair used enough. Used to be an engineer, and now I'm just, you know, I take care of everything. My wife's well, a very hardworking like attorney. Sounds, I take care of everything else. I grew up like in Chicago, it. moved out here, found all, you know. All, oh, so you must have liked, uh, see, that, that's the, the, the thing you can't say. The one we can't recommend anymore, Don and Charlie's, right? Right. Well, because they turned it into a boutique hotel. It's gone. Know? But uh, it's gone. Yeah. But if yep, you were from gone. Chicago, you you knew Don and Charlie's. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You used to get takeout from there because we didn't want to wait in line. It was so good too. Well, thank you, Craig, for everything, yeah. and uh, stay at it and call again. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Take care. All right. All right, brother. You betcha. Do we have time to work John in from Scottsdale? John, welcome to the show. Hello, Seth. You you are the oracle of all knowledge. Oh my gosh, that's that's a responsibility I don't think I can bear. But it's nice. No, it's, no, there's yeah. no pressure. There's okay. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> but what I need to know is that you know they keep saying that we have lost two hundred thousand thousand plus people from COVID over the you know in this last year, and I'm thinking, you know, going back to the the one article that they had that. that a person checked into the hospital here in Phoenix with a gunshot. He tested positive uh, for COVID in the hospital, died of the gunshot, but they listed it as a death from COVID. I saw now, that in Washington State, too, a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. We never hear this on the news that they're saying uh, it's like they're saying all these people died of the COVID. I, I don't think that's correct. And why hasn't somebody challenged that? Well, you're right. But the problem is, <clears throat> excuse me, John, th- there's a lot that's not fully uh, stated here. There's an awful lot. So first of all, cases, um, and you could take this in either direction. Uh, what, what was CNN touting today? Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But the cases, we don't, we don't even know that this case count is accurate because it's entirely likely, it's more than entirely likely, that a lot more people have had COVID that were asymptomatic and never even knew it. And the estimations for that could be as low as 10%, but they could be as high as 80% of any given population. The range is tremendous. It's a tremendous range, uh, which obviously would change the infection fatality ratio or what maybe people might just call a mortality rate. So that's an entirely different problem. Um, That's why I have long said case numbers don't really tell me much. They just don't tell me much. Uh, If you have it and were asymptomatic and didn't know it, it's like, you know, a a tree in the forest, I suppose. It's 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 except, except it it undermines the entire narrative, which is the answer to your question. Why isn't there more talk like that? It's an amazing thing. Something I have never seen any issue. Something about I've never seen any other issue covered. That when you make these kinds of points and when you counter this narrative, Google's Google and YouTube will take it off social media. They will See, not I told do it. You were the oracle. Well, I'll tell you how bad it is. I'll tell you how bad it is. It's so bad that um, 
I once experimented with a YouTube monologue because I was told they'll only publish, they'll only allow to publish government sources. So I quoted verbatim, the entirety, verbatim, the assistant, assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services on the mental health aspects of shutdowns, and they banned it. That's how bad it is. So it's not even government sources. It's government sources that meet their narrative. We're living in strange times, buddy. Don't let us down. Don't let me down. Don't let us down. Don't let this country down. I love what Millie said in the first hour. Millie is a recent college graduate, has been responsible for helping organize all these rallies that have been going on in Gilbert and Scottsdale and Phoenix. God love her. God bless her. And I said to her, why are you doing this? She said, we don't want the country to become socialist, period. Easy enough. Easy, simple enough. Well done, Millie. Well done, all of you. Um, citizen was Ronald Reagan's favorite word, and it was his favorite word in one of the biographies I read of, about him was because he thought of it as not a noun but a verb, that it was not only a verb but an action verb, that to preserve this last best hope of man, as he called it. Lincoln called it last best hope of earth. Reagan said last best hope of man. To preserve this, the last best hope of man, in Reagan's parlance, you couldn't just study it. You couldn't just read about it. You couldn't just talk about it. All that, of course, were the predicates to doing something about it. Doing something about it. And uh, all you who have called in and gone to these rallies, the official ones, the ones that Millie's helped organize and that Kristen was talking about and Sandy and, um, and, uh, and uh, of course, Dave and Sharon. My gosh, I mean, you guys, if we do save this, the last best hope of Earth and man, you will know you were the patriots of 2020 who did it. So for crying out loud, go do it. Go do it. Hope you have a safe, strong, healthy, happy weekend. Till Monday, I'm Seth Leapson. God bless you and class dismissed.